are 39 milahot which constitute forms of work forbidden on the Sabbath. It's the why behind the way we do the things we do. Join Rabbi Musha Schnurb now for Hilchos Shabbos only on 101.9 High FM. This is Soul to Soul on your radio, Erev Shabbos Kodesh, Parshas Titzavet Tov Shin Peidal. And a wonderful warm welcome to all of our radio family on this incredibly auspicious Erev Shabbos. Because today, besides being Erev Shabbos, is of course Purim Cotton. If it wasn't for the fact that we had an extra Ador today would actually be Purim, in which case I'm not quite sure I'd be sitting here broadcasting at this at this time, or if I did, I'm not sure you'd be able to understand much of what I'm saying. But we are here, Baruch Hashem, and it's a beautiful era of Shabbos, and we have an opportunity, because it's not Purim, to actually learn this week's Pasha, to learn Pasha's Tetzaveh. At the very end of the Pasha, we talk about the process of the inauguration of of the Mishkan. And we're told Shivashim for a seven day period, the Kayin, who's actually gonna succeed the current Kayin from his sons, who's gonna enter the oil moyet to serve in the sanctuary, he's gonna wear the clothes. In other words, the son of the Kayin Gadol, if he is worthy, takes precedence over another Kayin to succeed his father. Two Kayanim actually served in the positions of Kayan Gadol, the regular Kayan Gadol, and what it's called the Kayan Mashuach Milchama, a, a, a Kayan Gadol who was ordained specifically prior to the nations uh, uh, entering into a, a war. Now, this later, the second Kayan, was a specially designated Kayan Gadol whose whole purpose it was to address the nation and give his charge before the battle, encouraging them that HaKadosh Baruch Hu will protect them. The Kayin Meshuach Milchama is forbidden to marry a widow and may pose questions to the Urimatum, to the special uh, 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 a sort of facility that the Kohen Gadol had in his Chayshen to answer questions divinely. The function of the Kohen Meshuach Melchama was just that, to address the nation prior to war. Such a Kohen could go through life with the kind of the august title and never do anything but speak publicly one time. Right? One distinction between the Kain Gadol and the Kain Meshuach Mohammed is the inheritance. The Kain Gadol son succeeds his father. The Kain Meshuach Mohammed son does not succeed his father. Now, returning to our opening Pasuk, Chazal Gwan Yuma in Ayn Gimel tells us that the rule that the Kaya Meshuach Melchama's son does not inherit his father's position is learnt from the Pasuk that says, Who shall enter the oil moyet to serve in the sanctuary? Only the son of the Kain Gadol, who actually enters the Kaidish HaKadoshim, may inherit his father's position. 
The son of a Kayan who only performs the duty of addressing the nation prior to war does not inherit his father's position. Having said this, we can bring a, a very well-known tshuva from the the Techeles uh, Mordechai, who was Harav Mordechai Yain, who actually served as a rov in a in a suburb of, of Kiev, Ukraine, and then emigrated to America, where he was rov in in Philadelphia, right? And he was nifter on Erev Yom Kippur in 1942. He was asked about the laws of Chazaka. Chazaka means it was a question of a chazan had a long-standing position leading the the chakras uh, tefillah during Yom Narom Roshan Yom Kippur. And after a number of years, an assistant chazan was appointed who, uh, due to the fact that the primary chazan was still active, would instead lead the davening on Shabbos and Yom Tov. Now, since he didn't work during the Yom Noraim, he took a position somewhere else during those days. The question was, the first Chazen left this world for his eternal rest. Now, his son claimed a Chazaka, which is the halachic status of permanence that is established when an event repeats itself three times since his father had held the position of chazan for many, many years. The assistant chazan claimed, no, that by right it belonged to him as the next in line. The only reason he was not present <coughs> for the Yom Noraim was that he had no work. Furthermore, the rule of chazaka should not apply why? If it is not consecutive 365 days a year for three years. The late Chazan had only davened three days a year. So he quotes Horav Moshe Nossan Halevi Rubenstein, who paskin that since the Torah saw fit to bring a Pasuk to prove that this Kayan Meshuach Mohammed the, the, is not allowed to have his son inherit him, seems to imply that word not for the Pasuk, in spite of the fact that the Meshuch Muhammad may have performed his duties not once, twice, three times over his entire life, he would have had a Chazaka. And therefore, he paskin that the son of the Chazan would have the right to daven on the Yom Naran. This is one more point on Haifa, and the program is soul to soul. Please stay with us. There's so much more. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, this is Soul to Soul, back on your radio. Arab Shabbos Kodesh, Pashas Tetzaveh, Tov Shin Pei Dalet, Purim Cotton, Tov Shin Pei Dalet. What a special, special day. What a chance to actually start flexing our muscles and start thinking about the coming Chag, we have our month now, Shleishim Yoim, 30 days before the actual Chag, to prepare ourselves, to gear ourselves up, to learn a bit about it, to understand what the Chag of Purim really is about. It's not just about a sort of uh, getting drunk and, and, and just giving gifts to everybody and all and sundry. There's a lot more to it, but we're going to leave that for another time. But because we have the opportunity, which we don't get very often, to learn Pashas Tetzaveh, 
which is not combined with usually being Pasha Zohar, the Shabbos, just before Purim. Well, of course, then, we're going to talk about Purim. So let's focus a little bit on the concept of Pasha's Tetzavah. You shall make holy clothing for Aaron, your brother, for honor and for, for glory. Now, it's interesting that one of the halachas, and many halachas, that apply to the special begonim that were made for the kainim, the so-called big day kuhuna, was that they had to sort of be a perfect fit. That would be tailor-made for every single kain, so that they should fit just now, just, just right yeah, according to his height, according to his width, they should be perfect. In fact, as Rashi writes a bit later in, in Pasha's Tzav, he says, The Kohen must wear his, his uh, sort of, according Mida, his size of, of material, and, and which Rashi says is referring to the, the Kisainis, the undershirt, so to speak, that the Kohenim wore. So what does the Torah say? Midoi, says Rashi, because it has to be perfectly made that it fits him, so to speak, like a glove. And it's based on, it's actually based on a, on a Torah's kainim in, in, uh, in Pasha Aleph there, where it says, V'lova shakain midoi vad, midoi kemidasai. Its size has to be perfect to, to his side. And it says in the Gemara in, in Zavachim says the same thing. Midoi kemidasai. It shouldn't be too small, too tight, nor should it be baggy and too big. It has to be just, just perfect. And we need to understand, why would it be also that the clothing at the coin girdle shouldn't be too long or even a little bit too short from the, the actual size of, of, of the coin girdle? So, the, uh, we know that there are five different portions of of the neshama, which are sort of dispersed and divided in 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 the body. So, say the 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 holy svarim. There's the mishkan hanefesh. There's uh, the that which is the actual mishkan of of the soul, and that is found. In the kaveh, that's in the in the liver. There's the so-called mishkan haruach, which is in the heart of a person. There's the mishkan of the neshama, which is in the heads, in the brain. There's the mishkan of the chaya, which is the fourth, which is in the clothing that a person wears. And that's the concept of the big day, big day kuhuna. And of course, when we talk about begodim, and and we talk about the, let's say even the special clothing we wear on Shabbos, and the clothing we wear on on Yontif, that's all part of that also. And of course, the fifth one which is the, the Yechida, that is found in the four Amas that surrounds a person. 
And that's the concept that we talk about. The Arba Amashal Adam, the four Amas around a person which actually are his space based on the 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 uh, panemius of, of the of the Indian. So it comes out that the clothing one wears, one's begodim, is actually part of the neshama of a person. And therefore, when a tzaddik wears a clothing, so that clothes actually becomes part of the neshama of the tzaddik, and it has a tremendous, tremendous hashpa, it has a tremendous influence. In fact, the Chasm Seifer brings down in his Chidushim on, on Pashas, Pashas told us, says, Nirlani Yisdaiti, it would seem to me that it seems from a Gemara in, in the, uh, in, in the Yushalmi, in, in, uh, Masechus, uh, uh, my cotton, that the clothing of a person are, are exalted from all because of the kedusha of the person wearing it, and God forbid, the other way around also. The the person who even wears clothing after someone distinguished and and Choshev has worn the clothing, so also that same spirit, that same kedusha that is invested already in that in that clothes will have an influence on that person. And that could be, in the case of a great person, a, a positive influence, or God forbid, if it's a person that uh, unfortunately is not living as he should, that could be the op- the opposite. Right? That's what it says. Asher yil b'shem tachtav mibonov. It says the kainim would give their clothing over to their, to their children because it would have in it, to be invested in it, the kedusha of the avoid of the spirituality that that coin had had, right? In the same way as the person who originally wore it was endowed with special kedusha. So as we said, that will wear off and have also an intense influence on the next person who wears that. And he explains with that, we know that when Yaakov Avinu went in to receive the special, special brachas, the special blessings from his father Yitzchak, he was wearing Esav's clothing. That was part of his disguise. The Begadalim HaChamudas, the special clothing that Esav had had, which, of course, until that point, had been endowed with the spirit of Esav and perhaps the spirit of Nimrod before him, which were slightly the antithesis of holy, beautiful clothing. But when Yaakov wore them, when Yaakov went in and received that very special bracha from his father, wearing those clothing, he invested in them a tremendous, tremendous amount of kedusha. And therefore, when he took them off, put them back outside, and Esav put them on again, so now that had a tremendous uh, impression of holiness. That through those clothing, it would it would it would influence also uh, uh, Esav that he would also want to receive the brachas. And in fact, he says to his father, "Haloyat salta li bracha." Didn't you save me 
a, a, a bracha? And, and that question came to him because of the tremendous influence of the clothing that Yaakov had worn, and now he was, he was wearing. In fact, the Ben Ishchai says the, the same thing. Also, he says that there are three different types of Kedusha, three kinds of holiness that have a tremendous influence on on, on the tzaddik. One is the kedusha of his very, very body. Second is, of course, the kedusha of his neshama. And the third is the kedusha of the clothing that he wears. And therefore, uh, in, in the, we're told that in the future, we're going to say about the tzaddikim three times, kadosh, kadosh, kadosh which will correspond to these three levels of, of Kedusha. And that's what it means when we say, V'yisemli segula, you'll be for me a, a special, special treasure, right? And the segula, we have one of the uh, nekudot, one of the vowels we have in the Hebrew language is called a segol, which is three dots. And the skula is really corresponding to those three levels of of the of the uh, of the kedusha, and so we're going to come back and talk more about this in the next segment. This is one one point nine high FM. The program is soul to soul. Please stay with us. There's so much more good stuff coming. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb only on one hundred one point nine high FM. This is Soul to Soul, back on your radio, Erev Shabbos Kodesh, Parshas Titzaveh, Tov Shin Pei Dalet, Purim Cotton, Tov Shin Pei Dalet. We are talking about a very important topic. We are talking about clothing, not the latest necessary fashions or what's being talked about in Paris, but we're talking about the special spiritual dimension of clothing, and we're talking about particularly the clothing that a tzaddik wears are imbued with his tremendous level of, of kedusha, and they had an influence on, on him, on the clothing, and even, as we said, on, on those who might wear those same clothing afterwards. You know, the, the, the Ger Rebbe, the Pnei brings down that we find that Yosef HaTzaddik married we know the daughter, in inverted commas, of, of Paitifa, as in fact it says, Vayikra Paroi Shem Yosef Tsofnas Paneach. Paro called Yosef this, uh, the uh, revealer of secrets, of hidden, hidden things. Vayitain Layes Osnas, and he gave him as a wife, this woman, Osnas Bas Paitifera Kohen Lisha, who was the daughter of Paitifera, the, the high priest of On. As as a wife, and Rashi brings that Potifera is the same person as a Potifa. The Pnei Menachem asked the question: How is it possible that the daughter of the, of a, of a, of a, of a, of a rishat of a, of a wicked woman like Mrs. Potifa, who we know what she tried to do to to Yosef, how could it be possible that her daughter would marry? Yosef Hatzalik, how do you make such a such a shidduch, shidduch? And he explains that when Yosef 
Hatzadik ran away from the wife of Petifa, who we know was trying to incite him to do a terrible uh, Avera with her. So the Pasuk says, that Yosef left his garment in her hand by Yonas Vayetzechus, and he escaped and ran outside. Yosef left his garment with the wife of Potiphar, and he fled. The moment Mrs. Potiphar picked up the garment of Yosef HaTzadik, she was already merited to a, an endowment of, of the Kedusha because of that, of that garment. And that caused her to do a complete tshuva and to raise a daughter who was a tzaddikas, an absolute righteous woman who was then deserving and, and appropriate to be the life partner of Yosef, of Yosef HaTzadik. And, and with this incredible idea, so now we can now think about what a Chazal say on, on the Pasuk. Pasuk says, the Yisrael Ohavis Yosef Nikolbanov, that Yaakov loved Yosef more than his other sons. Kiben Zakunim Hulay. He was like Laniki, he was the child of, of, so to speak, of his old age. And he made him the special coat of many, of many colors. And in the Pirkei Rabbi Lezer, in Perik Lamatches, it says, Rabbi Shmuel, I'm Rabbi Shmuel says, Kol ben zakunim, chaviv la'oviv yoisimidai. Anyone who is sort of born kind of later than all the other children is, is by nature much beloved by his father, even more. He says, Yosem died even more than he actually should. As it says, the Yisrael Ohavis Yosef, that Yaakov loved Yosef, Mikol Banav, more than all his children, because of the fact that he was this, this latest born, born child. And the truth is, he actually wasn't. He wasn't the Ben Zekunim. He wasn't the last child born because Binyamin was actually the Ben Zekunim. Binyamin was the, the last child that, uh, that Yaakov Avinu fathered. And, and therefore, uh, but through the fact that Yaakov saw through his nevuah that in the future, Yosef was going to become a king. So therefore, that's the reason why he loved him more than any of his other children. And that created this jealousy between the brothers and, and himself. So what he's really saying is, says Rabbi that because of the fact that Yosef Atzadik was going in the future to become a king, in other words, he was going to have tremendous, tremendous influence as a king does, as a leader does, over other people. Therefore, his father made him this special coat, this, this unique garment, because the garment uh, 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 denotes one's ability to have a tremendous influence on other people. Similarly, we're talking about Purim, the Gemara Megillah, and Daftar Zayin tells us about the Pasuk that 
Lechulam nasan la'ish chalifaisim alais. It says that when Yosef was reunited with his brothers in Mitzrayim, so he gave them each suits of clothing. But to Binyamin, Binyamin nasan chamesh chalifais. Binyamin, he gave five suits of clothing. Why did Yosef do that? The very, very matter that caused this whole rift, this whole jealousy, this whole fight, the whole story of Yosef and Mitzrayim all started because of, of, of Yosef being favored by his father and being given an extra clothes, an extra, a, a, a special coat, was Yosef going to repeat the same process and give Binyamin five suits while everyone else got one? Right? That uh, the spring is Rav Abamachasya, uh, in the name of Rav Chama Baguria, in the name of Rav. No, he says that the truth is because uh, that because of this small weight of material to Sulaim that Yaakov added on to Yosef more than he gave the other brothers, the whole story unraveled and they ended up going down to Mitzrayim. Was he going to do the same thing again? So Amra bin Yamin by Yefes says bin Yamin by Yefes. Ramaz Ramaz, like he was making an allusion, he was he was hinting something to Binyanim. What? Sha'asid ben Lot Seismimenu, that from Sheva Binyamin was going to come eventually a descendant, Shayatsam Lafnamelach, who was going to walk out from before the king, Bachamisha Levushe Malchus, with five royal garments. Shenema, as it says in the Megillah, Mordechai, who came from the tribe of Benjamin, came out wearing these five royal clothing. And Yosef was hinting, was alluding to that by giving his brother, especially, five suits instead of just one. In other words, that in the future, Mordechai, who came from Sheva Benjamin, right, who refused to not bow, and, and, and not, not prostrate himself before Haman in the same way as Benjamin also never bowed down to Esav because he wasn't even alive during the confrontation between, between Yaakov and, and Esav. And he would therefore uh, uh, have the necessity to have a tremendous influence over Klai Yisrael, right? that they should not follow the the Avodah of of Haman, therefore Yosef gave Binyamin five suits of, of of clothing in order that to invest in his children the kayach the ability to have this tremendous influence. Clothing are the vehicle of having tremendous influence, and therefore when Shmuel tells Shaul on the fact about the fact that his dynasty was going to end because of the fact that Shaul did not fulfill the word of Hashem and completely destroy Amalek. So he 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 says he says the expression that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has torn the the Malchus away from you. As, as the Pasuk says, by Yisav Shmuel Lechas, in fact, Shmuel turned away, 
turned around to go, and Shoal grabbed hold of Shoal's of, of Shmuel's garment, and he tore it. By Shmuel, and Shmuel says to Shoal, Kara Hashem is Mamluchus Yisrael Me'alecha. Kadosh Baruch has torn away from you the kingdom of Klaiso from upon you. Hayoyim today. Unisana Lorecha Taimimecha. And he's going to give it to someone who's more appropriate for it than you are. And Rashi says, what does it mean that he held on to the corner of his garment? So he says, According to the simple explanation, it means that when Shmuel turned around to go, so from, from away from, 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 from Shul, so Shul reached out and just as he was turning, grabbed the corner of, of Shmuel's, Shmuel's uh, 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 garment because Shul wanted that Shmuel should turn back and at least go with him to bow down in, in, in Gilgal where the oil mines was. However, says Rashi, the Medrash Agoda is a Medrash uh, uh, which, which, where the Amoraim have a, have an argument. Some say that it was the coat of Shmuel that Shoal tore, and some say that it was actually Shoal's own coat that Shmuel tore. And he was giving over to him this simon, this indication that someone who's the corner of their of their garment has been cut off, that he will be the one that rules instead of him. And that's what it says. Shol to David. On the day that you cut my Shol, because because uh, one of the times when David Amalek was running away from Shol, he found Shol sleeping and he could have killed him. But all he did was he cut the corner of of his garment. And Shaul says to David, on the day that you cut my me'il, I knew right then that you were going to become the, the, the king. The concept of, of malchus, of being a king, is the concept of, of leadership, to direct the people. When there is, when a person is lacking, the koyach, the ability of the hashpah, of the influence of being a king, he, he's no longer deserving, no longer worthy of wearing the royal clothing. And therefore, the, the, the tearing away, the, 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 the dissolution of a dynasty, of, of a malchus, is, is represented by tearing of, of, the, of the corner of the, of the coat. So now, based on this, we can say, that the big day kahuna, the clothing of the coin godol, which were perfectly, you said, that to be tailor-made to the size of the coin in order to, to instruct us and to show us that it was within the realm, was within the kayach of the coin to have hashpah, to have an influence based on his own midas, based on his own size. Not more, and not less. And that's what it is for every single tzaddik. The more his own innate kedusha, the kedusha of his guf, the kedusha of his neshama, the greater they are, the kayach of his ability to have an influence on 
other people and all those around him becomes greater and greater. And therefore, where by the by the uh, what we read about uh, Rav Meir, the great Rav Meir, it it says he says kosnis or he had a, a, a covering a, a garment of light. Why? Because the 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 purpose of of a garment by the tzaddik is to light up and to have a tremendous influence. On his whole, his whole environment. We found, in fact, the a story is told about the great Goin, uh, Rav Mordechai Yafe, who the the uh, author of the Sfarim called the Levush, who was put into an incredibly difficult test situation, and with great, great strength. He was able to overcome that that test, as in fact the Chavetz Chaim brings in in his Sefer Nidchei uh, Yisrael in the twenty third chapter, and it's brought. Uh, uh, it says he says it's found in this forum about this great going the Lavush, that he was zeicher min hashemayim to to write the incredible Sfarim that he wrote. And these are all the form of, of the Levush. Why? Because one time, when he was young, he had a tremendous, tremendous test that he was in the presence of a particular countess or, or woman of, of, of royalty, and he was there, we're there for, to do, to do a, a business. And, and, and she tried as, as hard as she could to entice him and seduce him to do a sinful act with her, and he had nowhere to escape. He had no way of getting away from her, because it was it was in a closed room. He couldn't. He couldn't. He couldn't get out. Right. Uh, the only way he could go was he hid uh, underneath the, the the toilet, and and degraded himself, and ran and escaped to that disgusting place. And he was there wearing various types of clothing and, and all of them became dirty and, and disgusting. And because of that, he was Zechem and Hashemayim to, to wear, to write all this form called Levushim, which means uh, uh, garments. Rav Levi Yitzchak also, Rav Levi Yitzchak Bender also, who was one of the, uh, the, uh, Great uh, uh, leaders of, of the of the Breslov Hasidim in the previous generation. So in his youth, so he he had in his yeshiva. So one boy was a, a genius, who was a very very good looking, a boy, and uh, it was just at the outbreak of the the first world uh, war. And many, many of the parents came to the yeshiva in order to take their children home with them. And one day, the father of that bocher came, and uh, and uh, when the the bocher saw his his father, everyone got got was frightened by the 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 difference in appearance 
Often you have a son that looks like like his father. Here, the father looked completely different to what his son looked. Right, the, the the son was 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 sort of tall and and with a with a very sensitive and and a kind of a, a, a light face. The father was a kind of a a crass kind of kind of man and had a kind of a dark uh, a, a look, almost like a like a blacksmith. And people were 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 like overwhelmed. They didn't understand. So Levi Yitzchak turned to that boy and and asked him. And the Bacher answered that he really comes from the descendants of the Shav Mordechai Yafe, the, the, the Baal Avushim. And he told him the whole, the whole story. And he added that Shav Mordechai Davin at that time, at the time when he was uh, uh, standing, was able to control himself in that tremendous test, that the next 10 generations that come from him should all be not good looking at all in order that they should not have that kind of a terrible, terrible test which people who have very good looks and are very attractive uh, uh, external looks uh, could, could, uh, could fall under. And the Bacher ended and said, the 10 generations ended with my father. My father was the 10th generation. And for me, begins the 11th, the 11th uh, uh, generation. And again, we can say that the, the Kayach of the Lavush to have a tremendous uh, uh, hashbah on those around him. And therefore, when Ramonachai Yofe was able to overcome his Yetzirah, he was Zeicheh that with his tremendous kedusha to have a huge, huge influence on all the coming generations, that if Chas Shalom, they would have such a test, they would be able to have the strength to, to overcome it. And therefore, that's why he became known as the Levush, right? As, a, as an example of a, a garment that has tremendous, tremendous influence on the whole environment. And therefore, he also was merited that when he stood up to his, to his test to be able to have a tremendous, tremendous amount of, of, of hashpah and, and, and to give people, invest in people in their coming generations the ability to withstand whatever tests they might they might face. This is 11.9, Chai FM, the program is Soul to Soul. We'll be back in a moment with our Hilchos Shabbos Lot. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 Chai FM, this is Soul to Soul, back on your radio, Erev Shabbos, Kainish, Pashas, Tetzaveh, Tov, Shin, Pei, Dalet, Purim, Cotton. If there wasn't an extra month, today would actually be Purim, and I really don't know if I would be broadcasting uh, at this point on a Purim afternoon. But Baruch Hashem, it's a normal era of Shabbos, just the Purim cotton label. We had a bit of a shorter davening this morning. But let's learn a little bit of halacha, but as we always do before that, just to give you 
the important times you need to know for this coming Shabbos. So this afternoon, the earliest time to light your Shabbos candles is 524. 24 minutes past five, you can already do it. Again, that's still plenty of, of time to get everything sorted, get the kids sorted, get the house sorted, get all the food on wherever it needs to be so it can get piping hot and mellow down, light your candles and allow Shabbos to permeate your home, your environment, and of course, your soul. What a beautiful, beautiful thought. If you're not able to manage to do it by, by then, so the latest time for benching licht this afternoon is at 6.26 p.m. 6.26 is the latest that you can light the, the, Shabbos, the Shabbos candles. Uh, and obviously, still some people are accepting Shabbos at 6.15, a few minutes earlier. Unlikely that uh, most shuls will get to Ms. Moshir, the Yom Shabbos of 426, but that is the latest time you can light your Shabbos candles. That is the latest time you can do anything as preparation for Shabbos. That is the de facto beginning of Shabbos. The next 18 minutes from then until Shkia are, as we always say, emergency time just for real situations where you absolutely need to use that time not to rely on it on a regular on a regular basis at that time the car keys should be locked away in fact you should be in shul and the car keys put away for for shabbos and and get into your place and, and with the with the community and the women sort of settle down light your candles and get into the shabbos into the shabbos mood uh shkia then is that 644 644 is absolutely the latest time and therefore if you want to be able to uh, say the Shema and fulfill the mitzvah of saying Krishna at night before sitting down to your Shabbos meal. You have to wait only till 7.02. 7.02, you can already say uh, uh, Krishna and fulfill the mitzvah de Araisa and then sit down and enjoy a really, really beautiful Friday night. Ah. It's a it's 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 a chance to have a Purim suit without all the uh, sort of the the noise and drama. Just sit down and have a beautiful, beautiful Shabbos Shabbos suit with your family and friends. Some beautiful divertera pashas tetzave, as we say. We don't get to learn by itself too often. It's usually pashas zocha. It's usually Shabbos before Purim or just around Purim. It gets lost kind of in in the shuffle. This time we have a really good chance to go through the pasha of the big day guna, and that's obviously what we're laning tomorrow. The Pasha of Tetzave and the normal Haftarah for Tetzave, which we don't get to uh, read too often, except really during a, a leap a leap year. Uh, and then uh, Shabbos carries on, obviously, but uh, uh, tomorrow is Shusham Purim Cotton, so we still will not say Avarachamim uh, by Shachris or Tzitkoscha by, by, uh, by Mincha. And it's still a long day, Shabbos is still you know, pretty long. Shabbos Kodesh ends tomorrow night at quarter past seven. Seven fifteen is the end of of Shabbos, and then we go into another beautiful, beautiful week. Bez Hashem, full of bracha, full of hatzlacha, full of all the things we need and want for ourselves and and our families. We are started to discuss the malacha of of schita, of of squeezing fruits on 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 Shabbos, and of course we said that if one separates. Uh, uh, the liquids 
from a fruit by, by squeezing it out, and the purpose is to separate out the liquid. So you violate the iser of what's called mafarek. Mafarek means really anything where you are separating a, a, a liquid from its source. It's actually a tolda, a corollary of the melacha of, of dash, of, uh, of, of winnowing, and the melacha of dash. So obviously what we do is we separate the kernels of grain from the, the husks, and here we're separating the liquid from the fruit where it's, where it's developing, where it's growing. The Torah prohibition is uh, to squeeze olives for the, for the point of getting the oil, or grapes for the purpose of getting of getting wine, because wine and oil we know are very very distinctive, very very important, considered to be drinks, and most of the olives and most of the grapes that are planted in the world, most of them are, are intended to be squeezed and used for wine and and uh, and oil. All other types of fruits besides olives and grapes, where the not, not, they're not necessarily intended as as liquid as a drink, so therefore the squeezing of them is still forbidden. But it's downgraded. It's only a rabbinic prohibition to squeeze to squeeze those those things. The prohibition of squeezing is where the whole purpose is to remove from the fruit, the juice, in order to drink that juice. That is the prohibition. But if my purpose in, in removing the juice is, let's say, to add taste to another cooked dish, so then you are allowed to squeeze the fruits into that dish because then the squeezing is does not it's not creating a, a liquid, it's not creating a drink, but it's just supplying the juice from sort of one food, i.e. the fruit where it is, to another food, the, the cooked dish that you're putting it in. Therefore, one will be allowed to squeeze grapes into a, into a, cooked, a cooked dish. One's allowed to squeeze a lemon into a into a vegetable salad, one would be allowed to squeeze, let's say, an orange into a uh, into a mashed carrot or a carrot salad. Similarly, you would be allowed to squeeze a lemon on, let's say, onto fried onto fried fish. And even though the truth is, the the drops of lemon may very well not be absorbed into the actual into the actual uh, 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 fish, uh, kind of sit on, on, on top. But still, since the purpose of me, of, of me doing the squeezing is only to add flavor and taste to the fish, so then they are considered secondary to the fish and they're considered part and parcel of, of, the, fish, of the fish itself. So says the Shulchan Aruch in Simon Shin Kaf, Sif, uh, sif, sif now, if one would want it, if one would want to squeeze, let's say lemons, for the purpose of making lemonade, right? So that 
in that situation, you may not squeeze the lemon into an empty jug or an empty jar or plate or into water. But all you can do is I can squeeze the lemon into, let's say, sugar. Sugar being something solid in such a way that all of the lemon juice will get absorbed into the sugar. Because again, then I'm providing, I'm taking liquid, I'm taking it from a solid into another, into another uh, 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 solid. And, and therefore, in, in that, there is no prohibition of, of, of schita in, in doing that. Now, let's say you have a, a, cooked, a cooked dish that has absorbed, let's say, lots and lots of oil, or you have, let's say, pickles that have a lot, a lot of uh, uh, liquid in them. So you're allowed to squeeze those in order to make them more tasty or more palatable by getting liquid out, right? All that extra liquid, you're allowed to get out of them. Similarly, you'll be, you'll be allowed to squeeze them into another food. But if you're interested in the liquid that comes out of them for its own sake, to drink it or something like that, then, says the Shukunar, it will be also in that case to, to, squeeze, to squeeze them. Okay, we're going to come back in a moment with a few more comments on the Malacha of, of Srita. This is 11.9 Chai FM. The program is Soul to Soul. And this is, without a doubt, the greatest Jewish radio station in all of Africa. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 Chai FM, this is Soul to Soul, back on your radio, Erev Shabbos Kodesh, Parshas Titzavet, Tavshin Pei Dalet, Purim Katan Tavshin Pei Dalet. Our last few minutes together, we are learning the laws of Srita, the laws of squeezing fruit on, on Shabbos. So one would be allowed to cut a grapefruit and to eat the from it with a with normally with a a spoon and even though by doing that a lot of lot of the liquid is going to flow uh sort of into the shell into the peel of the of the grapefruits but still again since the liquids are remaining so to speak in the fruits so there's no prohibition in, in doing that. Similarly, you'd be allowed to sort of slice cut fruit in order to make a, a fruit salad. And even though cutting the fruit, of course, is going to cause that a little bit of, of the liquid is going to gather in the bottom of the dish, fruit's going to flow out of the uh, juice, going to flow out of the fruit. There's no prohibition in doing that. Because again, your, your intention is is not to separate them from the fruit. That wasn't. That's not what you're doing. And most of the of the liquid is actually going to remain together with with the fruits. And the truth is, even if let's say you get to the bottom, you finish the fruit salad, and now there's this puddle of 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 juice left in the bottom of the bowl, or you finish eating your grapefruit. And there's juice now in the bottom of the the peel, so 
uh, you're allowed to drink that because again, it's not your intention. You weren't you weren't cutting them in order to make the juice, and therefore you can empty that dish or empty that that uh, uh, grapefruit peel and and drain and drain liquid <clears throat> and drink the actual the actual liquids. Uh, Chazal forbades pickling things on on Shabbos. Let's say your cucumbers or your olives or anything like that uh, in in salt water or in vinegar, because the action of pickling is similar to the act of cooking, and some of the Chazal uh, 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 forbade us to salt foods where the salt's going to cause to change their very their very nature. Let's say a radish, an onion, your garlic. <coughs> Right, your cucumbers, your 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 radishes, that through the salt, they kind of uh, uh, start to to uh, uh, sweat, and and the bitterness sort of comes comes out of them, and they become softer or, or harder, and 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 their taste is improved. So that's compared to the uh, malacha of sort of <coughs> tanning uh, hides, which we'll learn about a bit later. And uh, if if uh, if if you pour them on or or the sort of the influence that it has over the foods is 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 similar to the influence that that Bishel has, and therefore it is it is forbidden. And we're going to deal more with this, please God, in in next week's show. But this is really all the time we have this erev Shabbos, and I want to thank you all. Thank you so much for joining us, for being part of our show. Please, God, this, this, this show did inspire us. We learned a lot about clothing and, and the tremendous influence they can have around us. Please go have a wonderful, wonderful Shabbos. Regards to everyone and to each and every one of our radio family. A beautiful, gesund, and, and uh, invigorating Shabbos Kodesh. Good Shabbos.